0: BYU men's basketball is in action tonight. They take on number 19 San Diego State. What are the chances the Cougars can pull off the upside at Viejas Arena? We'll talk about that. We'll also get to some more of your questions we did not get to on a Thursday edition of the show. What to make of the BYU football program on their bye week? we got a lot to get to and not a lot of time to get to it. So let's get going. You are Locked On Cougars, your daily podcast on the BYU Cougars, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. What's up, everybody? I'm Jay Hatch, your host here on Locked On Cougars, your resident BYU insider. Thank you for making Locked On Cougars your first listen of the day. Always appreciate you guys checking out the show. We're very proud to be part of the Locked On Podcast Network. And, of course, this is your only daily podcast focused on the BYU Cougars. Title sponsor today is our friends over at Underdog Fantasy. Uh, sign up at underdogfantasy.com with the promo code LOCKEDON right now and get your first deposit doubled up to $100. We'll tell you a little bit more about Underdog as today's show progresses, but let's get right to it on today's podcast, and you guys actually responded in mass yesterday. I did a mailbag edition of the show, got to a bunch of the questions that were sent in earlier this week, but a number of you reached out afterwards and sent in questions as well, so I said, you know what, it's a bye week, we still got time to address your questions, so we're going to get those as, soon, as many as we, as we possibly can. One um, that I think is very important right now, is there's a lot of people out there wondering what the future for the BYU football program is going to hold. Is it going to be a mass a roster to this I do think you can see some pretty uh high turnover on that roster we, did, we detailed that yesterday but Drew Knuckles uh, reached out on YouTube and asked this question, said Jake do you have any ideas of who could be the new defensive coordinator? The names that sound good to me is Derek Odom, the defensive coordinator from San Jose State, they have a great defense this year, plus he coached with Kalani at Oregon State for that one year, he also says Frank Miley and Sean Neuer are the other two I can think of, it's clear to me that Tuiaki is going to step down at the end of the year now uh, the interesting part about this Drew is that I think that all three of those names are absolutely names you should have on your list. Uh, truthfully, like all three of them would be on the quote-unquote short list for defensive coordinator should BYU decide they're, they're doing something new with their defensive staff. Now, do any of those three ultimately get the job? That I don't know. And the other thing about this, let me let me also throw this into the mix. Kalani Sitake has been known to be a guy who will mix it up with a name that maybe isn't necessarily at the top of everybody's minds right now. I, I know a lot of you out there would, would say, well, he, we, we didn't know much about About uh, uh, Jeff Grimes when he came to BYU, Jeff Grimes had connections to BYU, having worked at BYU under the Bronco Mendenhall era. Uh, coaching staffs. I uh, was an offensive line coach here and was familiar with the staff, but didn't really have much of a connection to Kalani Sitake. But the more Kalani started looking around at different offensive coordinating options, a guy like Jeff Grimes emerged out of the woodwork and ultimately became the guy that he picked. So yes, I think Derek Odom would absolutely be a fantastic guy to have on that list. Frank Miley, also a great name to add to that to that group, and Sean Nua, being a former BYU player, obviously you're going to have him on the short list as well. But don't be surprised should this ultimately play out where they do go out and find somebody different, you're going to see, I think, some other names pop up on that list uh, through the reporting process, etc. that may not necessarily have uh, the, the, the home run higher potential or they don't necessarily ring a bell or they don't necessarily say oh that's a BYU guy that's the thing about this is Kalani Satake he's not beholden to going out and having to uh, interview every quote unquote BYU guy for this position he can venture out and really I think expand his horizons as a coach he has an opportunity here uh, if he decides to ultimately completely revamp his defensive staff is he's got to go out there and sell that position to whoever's going to take it and say this is your opportunity we're going Into the power five. We're gonna be members of the Big 12 conference. Go out there and make it your own. You have a blank canvas here. You have a lot of opportunities here to really take over a defense that's been much maligned. We all know that. The defense has not been all that great most of the season, but you can still go out there and remake this defense in your image. And if you succeed at this level, pointing to guys like Jeff Grimes, you're going to have bigger and better opportunities than you would have ever had at any point in your career most likely. That that's the nice part about this is the selling points for a new defensive coordinator pretty, on paper, are pretty easy. Uh, that's the nice part about it. So yeah, Drew, I think all those names I'd absolutely have on that short list, but do not be surprised if a name two, three, four uh, pops up in the process of finding a new defensive coordinator who may not have immediate connections uh, to BYU or necessarily a guy that you would think is a quote-unquote BYU guy or would want to coach here. That's the nice part about this is BYU's not beholden to having to go out and say, we need to bring this person in to X, Y, and Z. Now one other thing on this, I saw some of the comments underneath that question about Bronco Mendenhall. Let me just say this. Bronco Mendenhall, based on what I understand, would not be coming to BYU as a defensive coordinator. He is fully intent on re-entering the coaching ranks as a head coach at some point here in the relatively not-too-distant future. I think it ultimately will play out this coming offseason season. he gets back in as a head coach at the Power 5 level. You're not going to get him as a defensive coordinator at BYU. I know people are saying, well, throw money at him and uh, joking about calling him on a mission to be the defensive coordinator for BYU. It's just... They were operating in two different worlds. So that's Bronco Mendenhall and, um, and Kalani Satake. They're both active members of the LDS faith, but neither of them have ever necessarily crossed paths with one another with regards to their working careers. So I do not see Bronco Mendenhall taking a, a step backwards to be a defensive coordinator, to come back to BYU. It's just, it doesn't, it, it, it doesn't line up. Let's just put it that way. All right. Other questions coming in. Defy Logic Tech said, hey, Jake, what happened to McChesney? Uh, I've reported this in the past. Uh, Jackson McChesney had a shoulder injury that ended his season. Uh, he is done for the year. Uh, he thinks that the biggest thing is, is that he, well, not, not the biggest thing. The biggest thing is making sure he's healthy for his uh, future opportunities. You can't continue to battle through a shoulder. that just It, it's, it wasn't functioning. So, uh, yeah, Jackson McChesney is done. Then he also asked this. What do you think of the defection of the defensive line player that changes commitment to BYU and is now going to Utah. I mean, changed his commitment from BYU and is now going to Utah. He's speaking, of course, of uh, uh, um, all of a sudden, I've I'm, I'm gone completely blank on who the player is. Um, Stanley Ross. Yeah. Uh, formerly of Sky Ridge High School in Lehigh has been spent this past season playing for the Kahuku Red Raiders out in Hawaii. Now, Stanley Ross would have been a nice pickup for BYU. There's, there's no doubt about that. I think he would have been a very, very welcome addition to the BYU defensive line. But uh, to Utah's credit, they went out and flipped him. It's quote unquote flipping season right now. BYU has to be very, very uh, careful with regards to their overall recruiting base right now, and making sure that they don't give any guys that are currently committed to the program inside the program, or maybe gray shirts who ultimately could go into the transfer portal, etc. They have to re-recruit their roster in addition to recruiting the next recruiting class. I don't envy coaches these days, by the way. I think the biggest thing right now for BYU is these coaches. They have a lot on their plate already trying to uh, make sure that they have the best schemes available to their guys, uh, getting them coached up, making sure they're really feeling comfortable on the football field, but at the same time, they have to be very careful about not losing all of their quote-unquote depth inside the position group. The transfer portal has made it far too easy and it's nothing against these young men, but it has made it far too easy for all these players, if they feel like they have been slighted, they haven't been given necessarily the requisite playing time, they feel like they deserve in their minds for them to say, you know what, I'm out, I'm going to go look for my other opportunity elsewhere and thank you for your time but goodbye that's the thing about this is you 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 look at the situation uh for kalani sitake and his staff it's a really really and it goes right down the roster even to the gas the uh, the analysts all of them they're having to sell their program annually to their current players as well as future players and that's that's a tough deal it's it's a whole it's a whole like deal that a guy like, let's say, for example, uh, Jason Ayu when he was running recruiting for BYU, he had to deal, obviously, with the recruiting outside of BYU, but there's 123 guys inside the program that you're trying to hold on to every single year. Now, BYU, I will add this, it has its own unique advantages in terms of being a program. A lot of guys, BYU has been a destination for them, a lot, of their, a lot of their players for many, many years. They're not actively looking to leave the situation that they are in, it's actually a kind of a baked-in advantage that BYU has because it's such a unique and... It's a unique and, uh, I guess unique is probably the perfect term. It's a unique institution. And a lot of guys don't want to leave what BYU offers to them in terms of the lifestyle, the coaches, the standards that are upheld in the program upheld by the university itself. A lot of guys come to BYU and say, you know what? No matter how bad it might be, I'm actually content uh, with how things are going. So that's the thing about this is you're you're looking at the opportunities for each of these players, and you have to make sure that you do give them the requisite opportunities to go out and show their capability as a player, but at the same time, I said on yesterday's podcast, there is going to be a mass turnover with this BYU roster. It just has to happen, and I think that it's being set up to do that this offseason. A lot of guys have spent a lot of time playing for BYU, going to a lot of school, and at this point, you have to open up roster slots. BYU's got a higher than... uh, gray shirt class, guys that have come home off missions that are sitting out this semester and are looking to enroll in January. Well, to find the requisite spots for them on the roster, you got to have guys leave the program. And there's probably going to be some conversations had that guys aren't necessarily going to be completely happy with being shown the door. But at this point, if you spent four or five years inside the program and have not contributed at a meaningful level, why in the world does BYU feel like they need to continue to, to acquiesce to your demands as a student athlete? If you've got your degree in hand. You've done your part. BYU has helped you get that degree. Now it's time for you to move on. Whether that's all, move on with life, find a different place to play football, it's just, it's time to find your next stop. That That's the thing about this. is that This is not going to be, I think, the smoothest of transitions. There will inevitably be players who ultimately do decide to leave for playing time opportunities even if they aren't necessarily those COVID juniors and seniors that I've uh, referred to continually here over the past two days. But it, there's going to be a Mass roster turnover, and yes, is that going to weaken BYU going into the Big 12? Yes, it does on paper because you lose if you lose upperclassmen. Obviously, that is going to thin out your experience factor. But at the same time, it opens up the door for a a new generation of the BYU football program. In some ways, it feels like it's gotten a little stagnant with certain position groups at BYU because they've been the same bodies there for three and four years uh, in a row it's time to shake it up a little bit and give some of the younger talent an opportunity to go out there and thrive. And there's a lot of talent coming into the program that also needs to have those opportunities to show what they can do. And the only way you can do that is to turn over that roster. And I, I think that's, that, that is on its way. All right, got a couple more other questions we'll get to here in just a moment. We also need to talk about BYU and San Diego State. An absolute titanic clash, the second game of BYU men's basketball. Their season uh, maybe has their game of the year. ...on its docket. We'll talk about that. We'll get to more of that here momentarily. First, though, award on our friends over at Underdog Fantasy. They are bringing you today's episode of Locked on Cougars. It is the easiest way to spice up the college football season. Now, what it is, my friends, is you go to the Underdog website, you create an account, and then you go through the different pick-ems. And what it is, they have over-under numbers for each player, the star players of college football, and it's really, really simple. You decide whether you think that player is going to go over or under that number, and then you make your selections. You pick between two and five players on across any team, not not just BYU you can do it with any program across the country and you decide if they will finish higher or lower on those projected numbers it is one of the fastest easy fastest and easiest uh, fantasy games to play out there and it is one that you can win cold hard cash in a single game very few are like that you have to win multiple times before you can really collect on your winnings that's different about underdog fantasy it's easy and avail- it's easy to play and it's available in over 30 states nationwide the best part is right now you can sign up with the promo code locked on at underdogfantasy.com and our friends at underdog dog are going to double your first deposit up to a hundred dollars deposit a hundred bucks get a hundred bucks for free it's that simple my friends so once again go to underdogfantasy.com or find the underdog fantasy app in the app or google play store uh, and also once again that's underdog fantasy promo code locked on for that hundred percent match up to a hundred dollars get in on the college football pick them action today and do it with our friends over at underdog Alright, uh, let's get to some more of your questions uh, here on the p- program. Uh, first, though, a word on our friends over at the Locked On Sports Today podcast. It is the podcast that catches you up on everything going on in sports, from the games that matter to the uh, the the most to the biggest stories in sports. Go beyond the scoreboard and behind the scenes with the local experts and insights only the Locked On Podcast Network can provide to you, the listener. Locked On Sports Today is available on this app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts. Alright, a couple more questions here here coming in. Uh, one of them coming on, on via DM, uh, our good friend Nathan Jennings says, I have a question for you. Do you think BYU's offense is predictable to because to BYU's, uh, excuse me, I have a question for you. It's reset. I have a question for you. Do you think that BYU's offense is predictable to BYU's opponents? Because I just see how we keep going three and outs. Now, Nathan, uh, here's the thing about this. BYU, their offense is well known. It's been the same base offense for the better part of, what, five seasons now since Jeff Grimes took over. There are base elements that BYU will always cling to in this offense, and that is obviously going to give opposing teams an advantage on paper because they know what BYU's base packages are. The thing about this is, is anymore in this day and age of college football, nobody's reinventing the wheel. There there, is very few revolutionary things being uh, thought of in offensive football that have not been thought up in past generations of football and have been run out there. Think about the different generations of football. There was the I formations, there was the option, there was the Lavelle Edwards uh, BYU passing game, the West Coast offenses. There, there are so many different iterations of offensive football that in many ways, we're not inventing new things. We're just bringing things back around. Now, you talk about BYU going three and out on offense. I, I see what you're saying, but here's the thing about this. No offense is ever going to be perfect. Even some of the true powerhouse offenses out there, think of Ohio State, think of Alabama, think of Tennessee right now. Not every series for them goes according to plan. Do they go according to plan more often than not recently? Absolutely, because they have elite talent and elite players that are running the schemes that the coaches are throwing out there. The biggest thing is you have to go out there and run your offense Players make plays, folks. That I don't think I'm breaking any news to you when I say that. Is BYU, That their offense is predictable because I think that there are opponents that know in certain downs and distances what BYU's likely to throw at them. But the simple fact of the matter is uh, Jaron Hall, Pukunakua, whoever's playing a running back for BYU, the offensive line, they have to go out and execute their assignment on any given play. And if they execute their assignment the way they're supposed to, more often than not, BYU's actually going to have more success on offense. I, I'm actually a believer in what is. BYU runs offensively. I know that that may sound revolutionary, but I like what Aaron Roderick throws out there. It's innovative. It's creative. Now, the fourth down stuff may not be so innovative and creative because it's a lot of one-on-one running back situations where they have to come downhill and they haven't had success in running those of late. But I think the overall scheme and the overall setup for BYU's offense, I'm a fan of it. I think that Aaron Roderick does a very, very good job scheming things up. Does he sometimes get a little predictable in terms of certain downs and distances? Yeah, but who doesn't? Uh, Every coach has their quote-unquote tells. They have their I don't know, their, their pet plays, uh, guys that they, they they like to pick on or guys they like to rely on in certain downs and distances. And opposing teams know that because film doesn't hide anything, folks. The All-22 film that shows every single play in all of its uh, glory or ignom, ignom, ignominity, uh, that stuff's all out there. Any any team that wants to find out what BYU's going to run, all they got to do is put on the tape. It, there, there's very few secrets about what BYU's running anymore. The biggest thing is now BYU has to overcome that by elite execution. You have to find players who are able to go out and beat guys one-on-one. I've had enough coaches tell me in the past that, yeah, I may be considered a good coach, but I'm only as good a coach as the players I have playing for me. Players have to go make the plays. Players have to execute. Players like Pukunakua are transcendent athletes and get the ball in their hands. And more often than not, they're going to help you in football games. We all saw that against Boise State. Yeah, it may be predictable and teams may know what's coming at them, but the best offenses, the best teams in football... The opposing team may know what's coming at them. This is something that BYU prided itself on even as recently as the 2020 and 2021 seasons. Teams would know what BYU is going to throw at them. They, could, they would know it's a third and five. They're, they're probably going to run a mesh concept here. And guess what BYU would do? We know what you think we're running. Well, you think you know what we're running. Guess what we're going to do? We're going to run it, and we're going to run it to perfection, and we're going to get the first down, and you're not going to be able to do a darn thing about it. Yeah, it can be as predictable as you want it to be. But if you execute it, nobody can stop that. That, that's, the, that, that, that's the biggest thing with BYU's offense. Yes, 98%, 99% of BYU's offense is on tape at this point over the past five seasons. There are very few secrets that BYU's offense has. The bigger thing for BYU is, and something they've struggled with this year, is execution and critical downs and distances. There have been games where BYU needed a play like that. like The, the, the opposing team knows what's coming, and BYU knows what they're going to run, but the execution has been lacking in certain circumstances. And it's caused issues. I don't think I'm, I'm breaking any news to anybody here is that BYU's had issues offensively, but it's more about making sure that your team has its best opportunity to succeed by giving them the best situation you can, you can find for them. Get them ahead of the sticks. Find, them, find yourself in a third and three versus a, a third and nine. Those are the type of things you have to get ahead of the sticks offensively. And then just tell your guys, go make plays. Uh, this is not revolutionary stuff, folks. We're not. This is the the era of Lavelle Edwards and having that offense that's just absolutely befuddling teams. Doesn't really exist anymore. Are, are there wrinkles that, that BYU can throw at teams and stuff that they've they've added to their playbook over the years? Yes, but the the wholesale nuts and bolts what BYU does offensively, it's not going to change. Uh, I. So, I don't know. I, hopefully that answers your question, but uh, the biggest thing is y- you got to go make the plays. Uh, I appreciate the question, Nathan, because it, it's a really, really interesting situation that BYU finds itself in. Is that They do have to go out there and be the better team, but... It's tough because these defenses have been scheming for BYU, some of them, for years now. Think about Boise State. They, they've got to know BYU's offense inside and out defensively at this point. But what did BYU do in that game against Boise State? They went and out executed the Broncos. They outplayed uh, them. That, that's the thing about this is BYU, That when they're at their best, yes, the opposing team may know what's coming down the pipe. B Y U says, "Great! You know what we're going to do? We're going to toss it over to number twelve over there. He's going to make a play. More often than not, we're going to win on that play. And more often after that, if we make a few of those plays, we're going to score points." So. Pretty simple concept. Uh, it's kind of it's kind of funny how how things play out that way. But you got to go out and show what you can do. You have to execute. You got to make the plays when they're needed to be to be made. All right, coming up here in just a minute, we will get to BYU and San Diego State, a huge showdown at Viejas Arena for BYU and the San Diego State Aztecs. A great rivalry series in basketball. What are BYU's chances of pulling off an, what would be an absolutely stunning upset of San Diego State? We'll delve into that as we close out. Today's show. First, though, a word on our friends. Over at Simply Safe, if you've thought about securing your home with home security, I would want you guys to not put it off any longer and get started right now with our friends at Simply Safe. Right now, locked on Cougars listeners can order the number one rated Simply Safe home security system for 50% off. You heard that right? 50, 5-0, 50% off. It is their biggest offer of the year, and you do not want to miss it. The best part is during the holidays, property crimes like burglaries and package theft spike nationally. That's why Simply Safe is here to help you guys out, making sure those porch pirates stay away and you guys can feel safe and secure inside your home this holiday season. The best part about it, Simply Safe is they've got all the different technologies out there, whether it's cameras, the 24-7 monitoring, they've got the, the, the what do they call them, the, the, the monitors, the... Oh man, I'm I'm trying to get the exact uh, sensors. That's what it is. Sensors to tell you when stuff's been delivered or if it's been taken. All that stuff. They got you covered, top to bottom. The best part is simply simply safe. Their professional team has got your back. They will dispatch any and all types of uh, law enforcement. Ambulances, fire department—no well, matter what it is, they can take care of that for you guys behind the scenes. That's what we love about Simply Safe. In an emergency, 24/7 professional monitoring agents using the Fast Protect technology, exclusively from Simply Safe, to cra- capture critical evidence and verify the threat is real, so you can get priority police response sent directly to your home. So do not miss your opportunity to get the only security system that I would recommend. That's 50% off right now. The new Simply Safe system at simplysafe.com/lockedoncollege. It's their biggest discount. Of the year. So do not wait. Take advantage of it now. That's simplysafe.com/slash locked on college. There's no safe like Simply Safe today's show is also brought to you by our friends over at UCCU. UCCU right now, Utah Community Credit Union, is offering a 15-month savings certificate with an incredibly high APY of 4.00%. Now, many of you out there know that we're looking at all these interest rates and the rising prices and everything, wondering, oh my goodness, how in the world am I ever supposed to get ahead in this world? Well, that's what UCCU is here with that 15-month savings certificate. What it is, it allows you to make a one-time deposit and watch your money grow and grow. And the best part is, you can get started for as little as $500, making this an awesome opportunity for every type of saver, both big and small. I've been banking with UCCU my entire life. I absolutely love this institution. I would encourage you guys to take advantage of us. The best part is during the time that you have that 15-month certificate, you have the option to jump up to a higher yield, which makes it a high, great savings tool in the raising, rising interest rate environment that's ongoing right now. So think about this. You start at 4.00 APY. That, that, that number is set. But let's say six months down the road, the interest rates continue to rise. You have your opportunity to go back in and raise that APY if it goes up and continue to add money to your account. So take advantage of it now, my friends. It's a great way to do it. It's only here for a limited time. Once again, it's a 15-month savings certificate with an incredibly high APY of 4.00%. Also has a variety of term options to match your specific needs as well as a consumer. So visit uccu.com, head into a branch or call them to get started on today with that savings certificate. That's UCCU. Love where you bank. All right, huge opportunity for BYU men's basketball tonight. They're in uh, San Diego, California, at Viejas Arena to take on the San Diego State Aztecs. And now these are two teams that are in completely different circumstances right now. San Diego State has got seven returning seniors for this squad. They're they're expected to be maybe the best team that the Mountain West has put out in quite some time. They have the reigning Mountain West Conference Player of the Year and Matt Bradley returning, reigning Defensive Player of the Year and Nathan Mensa. By the way, Mensa. An absolute beast in the middle of the San Diego State team. And the, the best part is, the rich only get richer. And they added Seattle transfer Darian Trammell, who is a point guard who averaged 18.7 points and 5.1 assists last year for the Seattle uh, are they the, Red, the Red Storm. I don't remember what they are anymore. But regardless, they have got... A boatload of talent. They're ranked number 19 in the country. They're explosive. They really get after on the defensive side of the court. Uh, Brian Dutcher, their longtime head coach, he has built his entire team on defending the absolute ever-loving crap out of opposing teams. They like, they like to make your life miserable. And BYU in this matchup tonight, I'm terrified. <laughs> I, I'm not, I'm not going to bury the lead here. I think this could be a game where BYU gets absolutely just blitzed. In, in a game like this. It ends up being, it's over in the first half. The the big thing that BYU has going for it in this matchup is it has the opportunity to go out and uh, shock the world. That's got to be the messaging from Mark Pope to his squad saying, you know what? We're not expected to be that competitive in this game. Uh, the, the 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 metrics out there, the Ken Pomeroy predictions, they all have us getting absolutely killed by this San Diego State team. So we should go out there and play ball like we know we can play. Excuse me. But the biggest thing about this is that BYU, they are currently... uh, So the Ken Palm ratings have San Diego State number 17 in the country. BYU is a tier below that at number 55. Uh, Ken Palm giving BYU a 23% chance to beat the San San Diego Aztecs. And they're supposed to lose it between 9 and 10 points. supposed to lose by 9 to 10 points, according to KenPalm.com. So... This is not supposed to be all that competitive of an environment for BYU. If you want to really go about building an NCAA tournament resume, this is the type of game to, to pull off right now. Could BYU pull it off? I'm not counting it out of the realm of possibility, but there are three very critical things that BYU has to do in this game if they want to do that. Number one, avoid the turnovers. They had 23 the other night. 30% of their possessions ended in turnovers against Idaho State. They barely won that game. If you can cut those turnovers in half or even have below 10 in a game like this, you'll give yourself a chance. Number two, got to shoot better than, what was it was at 18.8% from three. You cannot shoot three of uh, 17 or whatever that just awful awful number from three was in a game like this. If you want to go on the road, you've got to make forty between 40 and 50 percent of your threes. You have to have a great night, a, 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 an incredible bounce back night from three in a game like this. Now, the third thing you need, you need guys like Rudy Williams to show up. Rudy Williams was a no-show in game one. And Dallin Hall, to his credit, Dallin Hall stepped up. The, the return missionary, the former Gatorade player of the year from the state of Utah of Fremont High School, he stepped into that role and finished off that game at the point guard position like BYU needed a guy like Rudy Williams to play. Rudy Williams is a very accomplished player. Same with guys like Jackson Robinson. These are high level players who have transferred to BYU. These are the games they came here for. These are the games you need them to step up and be the elite players they can be. If they do that, BYU will give themselves a fighting chance. But if you play like he did against Idaho State the other night, BYU can find themselves getting beat by 25. It's the writing's on the wall. You have to play much better than you played in game one. Would this BYU team be better served by playing another game or two against the likes of an Idaho State out there to get themselves a little more firm footing underneath them as they go into the the, the non-conference slate? Sure. Absolutely. It would be great, but guess what? This is what you got. You got number 19, San Diego State staring you in the face and they want nothing more. They love playing BYU. There's a reason why this has been a back and forth home and home series. They know it's always been a pretty good game annually for both programs. Well, guess what? They're expecting BYU's best shot. and I'm sure that the fans down there are going to be chomping at the bit. The show They may be crass, they may be rude, they may be just completely stupid on social media, but they love their Aztecs, and you can guarantee they're going to get after BYU in this game. So, three things. Cut down on the turnovers, shoot the three like you haven't shot it before, and get your star players going. Get Rudy Williams out there, get Noah Waterman out there. You need these guys. These are, those are the guys who have to lead the way in a game like this. You need somebody to take over in a game like this. If you could have somebody go for 25, 30 points in a game, that's also going to give you an op- option, or an opportunity, I guess you'd say, not, not an option, an opportunity to win this game. And even if all that comes together, it may very well still not be enough. Be what you just may not have as talented a squad as San Diego State does. Because San Diego State, as I mentioned, seven seniors, you bring in a high level transfer like uh, Terry on Trammell. You've got a lot going for you if you're San Diego State. And BYU, they frankly have a whole lot of questions versus a lot of proven options. It's kind of the converse of what San Diego State's got out there. But looking forward to the game all the same. We'll have coverage for you guys tonight of that. It's an 8.30 tip mountain time, 7.30 down there in San Diego. If you happen to be in the area, get over to Viejas Arena, represent BYU, represent the Y, and have some fun out there. It should be a fun fun environment, once again, as these two longtime rivals renew acquaintances. All right, that is going to do it for today's edition of the show a huge thank you once again for all of your support all week long. Thank you for dealing with my illness. I've been kind of in and out the the podcasts, in my mind, have not necessarily been as on point as I would like them to be, but at the same time, it's been a ton of fun. It's been a fun bye week, but Monday we're back, and it's Utah Tech Week. It's Senior Week for BYU. We'll be getting ready for that. We'll be getting ready also for all the other BYU basketball action out there. We got you covered top to bottom. So thanks again for making us your first listen of the day. Now make your second listen, our friends, over at the Locked On Big 12 Podcast. Josh Neighbors does an incredible job getting you up to speed on everything going on in the Big 12 Conference. Get that free and available wherever you get a podcast or on YouTube, just like this show. That'll do it for us. Have a great rest of your day. This has been the Locked On Cougars podcast. See ya.